In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast, Manga Zombie, is the one and only... <laughs> Travis Rats, I think that's what he said. I think it was I, that. Travis Rats on the, Travis Rats on the podcast today. What is that? Is that literally was that real yeah. Japanese? So or you, you say you are ready for your first Japanese lesson? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Watashi no means like I. So yeah. say it. Watashi no. Watashi, Watashi no. Now this is an easy one. Name is Namai. Namai. Namai wa. Namai wa. And then you put your name, which would be. Joshu, Joshu. Can't it just be Josh? No, because we don't have those. We <laughs> I, don't have I, those I, syllables over here. You don't have Josh in Japan. No, we don't have Josh. <laughs> Josh, your pizza bites are ready, Josh. Mom, leave me alone. <laughs> where are my socks? All right. So, uh, this is the Comic Exposure Podcast. Where. When not doing Japanese lessons, we talk about comic books, uh, and this is one of those lovely episodes where we are doing a comic book club, and for the uh, first time, we chose, or I picked out, uh, a manga, or manga, manga, Travis? Manga. Manga? Manga, uh, called I Am a Hero uh, by Kengo Hanazawa, right? Hi. Would you say that? Hi. I think so? Kengo hey, Hanazawa? Hey, let's see. Yeah, okay, very good. So, hey, there ah, we go. Gorgeous. <laughs> so, uh, Kengo Hanazawa and his uh, book, I Am a Hero, it was released in America on Dark Horse Comics. Uh, so, they did like big omnibus of it. So, uh, we read omnibus number one of I Am a Hero. And our guest, we've got a repeat guest on the show today. Repeat. Uh, my, my, my pal, my pal from back in the day, uh, Roscoe, Norman Roscoe Conklin III Ooh. on the podcast today. Hello, everyone. Uh, there he is right there roscoe podcaster glad glad to have you back on the show buddy glad to have you back on the show very much last time Uh, roscoe was on it was he had a much more laid-back vibe because he had like a tumbler full of scotch or something going on (laughs) and now he's in like his grandma's living room With, that's, with, I think that's Roscoe's some, somehow, back chair. Somehow, relax. Roscoe, I'm look, we're looking at each other through video Skype, and somehow Roscoe has pushed his chair next to the closet, which makes me think that closet is impossible to open up. It is, actually. That's where I keep everything from falling out of the closet. That's why the chair is here. <laughs> that's just that's a, clo- that's that's a show closet. That's a, that's a non-functioning <laughs> show closet. That's all it's for. It's for, uh, just for looks. Uh, so we've got Roscoe back on the show today. My buddy Roscoe, Norman Roscoe Conklin III. We go way back, so far back uh, that it's almost scary. It's almost scary. Not womb back. That'd be too far. But like, not like, what was it? Like first grade? Yeah, somewhere grade? there. I think somewhere. It was like somewhere in between. I think it was around third, fourth grade because I didn't come yeah. uh, back from Arkansas until second grade. So there you somewhere go. After Ar- Arkansas. Uh, yeah. So so uh, Roscoe and I go way back. 
And I thought, you know what? Uh, he said he wanted to come back on the show. And then I picked one. And I'm like, dude, I got two for you. Uh, and he decided to go. He chose the uh, – or he thought that I had chose this. And so this is the one he went with. But I don't think he was like... – There was some coercion there. I'm not going to lie. There was like, my pick might be this one here. And so I picked – I was like, yeah, Josh knows better than I do. So. so I'd heard a lot about this one. I'd never read it. I just had seen it pop up on a lot of like really good – books uh and so i thought you know what let's do this one uh and so we decided to do our first manga now let me ask you let's let we usually ask our guest travis our, our usual guest is uh what was your first exposure to comics but ross was already been on the show before do you have like a reiteration of the question you want to ask you got something different for him, for him? Um, travis have you ever <clears throat> oh excuse me have you ever have you ever watched anime or read a manga before well, what's been uh, your exposure to, to manga, a uh, manga, manga or uh, anime? Well, the first exposure ever to anime was uh, Vampire Hunter D. They all had a VHS of that first one. I like I like some of that stuff, uh, but as far as reading manga, this was actually the first one I've ever read. So, and did then you sometimes ever, did you ever watch. Did you ever watch Akira? But, did you ever see Akira? Uh, only bits and pieces of that. I've heard good things about that. And then sometimes late at night, like on Netflix, they've got um, Sword Art Online. I watch a little bit of that. I don't know if that's is that still considered anime. I don't know. Probably. I don't. I don't I'm not a big fan of, and that's, of, so an, then, of that of that particular one or anime in general. Just anime in general. I feel dirty watching it, even when there's not like yes. tits yes. or ass in it. Like something about the animation, the way the style just makes me feel like I should be watching it like with closed doors. And I always feel like my mom's <laughs> gonna walk. Even reading this, I'm like, I, I feel like my mom was gonna walk in at any time and be like, "What this, are you reading?" This should be a good podcast because I I'm on the same page after reading this. I'm like, I need to take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> that's so that that's good because I and so literally I've read I've read two other manga and both of them were like history ones right so I read one on uh, World War Two soldiers it was a Japanese guy writes about it's called uh, it's right here it's um, uh, onwards towards our noble death and so it's about um, it's, it's about World War Two Japanese soldiers yeah and then there's like another one Reich book. Onward towards our noble death, grab your fellow <laughs> Nazis. <laughs> well, not about Nazis, but about at least the Japanese during during World War II. Uh, and then the other one I've read is uh, is Barefoot Jen, which is like uh, a guy who survives the uh, the attack on uh, Hiroshima. Uh, he writes a story that's kind of his story, but then he takes from a bunch of other stuff. And so it's about a boy who survives the bombing. Uh, of Hiroshima and then like has to rescue his pregnant mom but like the rest of his family dies and the best way to describe it is it looks like speed racer but everybody's skin is falling off because of the because of the nuclear explosion but it looks like it looks like speed racer but everybody's dying and bloated or like their their skin is hanging off from their bones did you guys ever (laughs) read i mean when i think of like old school manga when you think of like manga i always think of astro boy and i don't think i've ever read astro boy but it, uh, even that makes me feel dirty. It's like this shirtless little boy with like a cow. Right, right, right. He looks like uh, he looks like Martin Short when he used to do that. Yeah, that skit, yeah. you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, the yeah. SNL yeah. skit. So yeah. not a lot of exposure up to this point. Then is what you're saying? No, virtually none, except yeah. like I said, an occasional anime cartoon I watch before I pass out or something. And, and even then, it's hard to watch because the 
the the the translation into English is so bad, or the little voices, the screaming, all the high pitched squeaking and yelling that <laughs> takes place in those anime cartoons drives me nuts. Yeah, I, <laughs> I had some students. I had some students tell me to watch uh, Naruto back in the day, and so like I watched the first season of uh, Naruto, and I think that's like the extent of my of like watching a serialized anime. Like I've seen a ghost in the shell. I've seen, uh, you know, Akira, uh, the two big ones. Um, and then some kids wanted me to watch, uh, what the heck's the one that everybody likes now? The Titans, like the giant Archimedes. Oh yeah. That's um, no, dude, that's actually kind of interesting. I have watched that too. The attack on Titan. Yeah. Attack on Titan. Yeah. That, that one. Interesting plot. It's weird. My biggest problem is, and this is, this is my thing. And, I would say that it wasn't as bad in this. But my biggest issue, like, with anime is their eyes. I just, there's just something about that it's hard for me to, like, get into it. But I had read this one, and I'd seen a couple pages in it, and it didn't remind me of, like, it didn't look super anime, right? Mm. It didn't look super manga like some other stuff I've seen. Uh, except every once in a while it does. I could, I could shed some light uh, so on that's... that. There's actually different types of manga. Uh, uh, but... I will say before we get into it, I will tell you an embarrassing manga exposure. I don't oh, think, I don't think I've ever admitted this to anyone, uh, but for like a year, <laughs> yeah, I watched like Sailor Moon religiously. I watched like <laughs> Sailor Moon religiously. Oh my! I was like, this and is that a- didn't make you feel dirty <laughs> in a different kind of way. <laughs> That's like the equivalent of being one of those bronies, isn't it? Yeah, I I think oh. so. It might be worse because at least. At least they've got some street cred now. Like no one's wearing Sailor Moon on their sleeve. So how True. how how old were you when you were watching? Sailor that's Moon, the right? worst part. I was like fourteen or fifteen. <laughs> this oh, that's wasn't not that like bad. yeah, six or seven. I know some. I like it came on American television like around back that then. Time. Remember around that? that time? Yeah, that's when I started watching it. And you want to know who my favorite uh, uh, Sailor was? I don't know if they're Sailor. Uh, tuxedo Mask. Tuxedo no. Mask is your favorite one, right? Sailor. Sailor. <laughs> what was the green one? Sailor Venus. Mm-hmm. Sailor Venus. Big I don't even know. I know broad. that there's Sailor Moon, and then the rest of them are named after planets. That's all I got. Yep. That's that's all okay. you need to get. Not a lot to Say, it. And I know that the dude is Tuxedo Mask, right? That's the only that right. There's my knowledge of, of that. Now, Roscoe, do you did you ever you watched Dragon Ball Z back in the day, didn't you? Oh, I watched. Well, that. is this going to be a conversation about drugs? Because. <laughs> It can be. It very well can be. But no, like, I do you remember some Dragon Ball Z? Yes. But do you remember, like, when it was on? We were in, we were in junior high, and I remember having friends who were obsessed with it. You remember, like, Chris Ducat was obsessed with Dragon Ball Z. Still is actually. And like, I couldn't watch it because it was literally twenty minutes of someone like hemorrhoiding oh, out. Oh, for like 20 I love minutes. That shit. I love Dragon Ball Z. And if you're an adult now and if you have to get to the gym, like that's put on like 15 minutes of Dragon Ball, you're like, I am jacked up. Let's go get some fucking veins. <laughs> Let's get some veins up in here. There's a, like, what's the, um, so I've seen one that says like, uh, over, like, I bench over 9,000 or something I have like one that. Of those like, your Broku shirt? Yep. Is that what it says? It's- <laughs> <laughs> That's good. If you just if you just made that up, I think you just came up with the winner. It's right off the top of the old dome, I guess. Okay, so let's get into this book. We've spent we we kind of prefaced our our our, our past of uh, anime and Americanized versions of it 
be it the Dragon Ball or uh, Travis's uh, short stint with Sailor Moon. <laughs> so let's talk about the book. Now, both of you guys, Travis, have you read manga before? Have you ever read any before? Um, not that I can recall, no. Just, uh, just okay, and- uh, manga-influenced stuff. We've even done some manga-influenced stuff on the show, I think, from time to time. Yeah, I would say like some of the stuff that we've looked at um, has been fairly... I mean, you can always see it in some stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, what's the one, the gu- the one the with monster, the dude, this one, robot the Monster girl. Island. The Monster Island Yeah, one Kaiju sure. Max. Kaiju Max, Max, for sure. Uh, uh, robot, the, yeah. the one we watched, the dude with the robot girl? Ada. What was that one called? Ada. I, yeah, and Alex, Alex and Ada. Yeah. Yeah, that reminded me a little, that's a little manga-y, you know, mm-hmm. the kind of the love story of it. So let's get into this, guys. This is the first one, this is the first one I've read where I had to read it uh, backwards. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, let's talk about that, the format, the format. Back, back in the day, when they would translate it over, they would do us Americans a favor, and they would, like, flip all the panels around. Not so much with I Am A Hero. They wanted to give us the real manga experience so let me ask you roscoe was it tough to start reading it back to front and read the panels right to left like even the dialogue right to Mm -hmm. left was that weird it really was because i would like i knew because on the inside cover of mine it tells you specifically to do it that way and then so i started to but then i would I'd be reading along, you know, you get you get where you're getting a good pace of reading, and all of a sudden, yeah. like, I don't know what's, I don't understand what's happening anymore. I don't, I'm not following the story, and then I, I actually would catch myself reading it the wrong way. So, like, naturally, just kind of defaulted to reading it how yeah. I've been reading comics my whole life, and so I'd have to go back a couple pages and start reading. So it was a little tricky for me at first, yeah. What I, I do like how like the very first page. I like how the very first page says stop. This is the back of the book. It might as well say, you idiot. <laughs> like, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This, this manga collection is translated English, but oriented in a right-to-left reading format, maintaining the artwork's visual orientation and originally, as originally published in Japan. Uh, so, Travis, what were you going to say? So, I have, I, have, I have some issues with this book, but one of the things I liked most about it was the experience of reading it like a real manga. Um, it... You know, we talk about comic exposure. We've read so many comics on here, and we've been reading comics since we were a kid. We take for granted, uh, you know, getting through panels and knowing the right way in a splash page or, you know, if if a, a panel goes through the middle crease, like how to read that or when you yeah. read all the way across both pages. It's just natural. But we, we get a lot of first-time comic book readers on the podcast uh, who have never read comics before. And so I got to kind of get a sense, feel like what it's like to kind of struggle through the format of a comic. And I wonder, as I was reading it backwards and kind of, especially the first five pages, uh, yeah. just in the story, there's there's not a lot in the story that lets you know the right way to read it as far as, and so that made it more difficult. So I kind of liked experiencing comics from that beginning format of reading again. I was like, Oh, this is probably what some of our guests feel like on the more challenging American layouts that we have them read. And they've never read comics before. So I was like, okay, this kind of humbles me in my what I take for granted when reading, you know, sequential art. Yeah, I, I would say the same thing. It really, you know, like Roscoe said, like I kept finding myself getting back into like the normal reading. Like, like 
I'd flip a page and I'd go left to right and be like, oh, no, crap, that doesn't make sense. I'd have to catch myself over again. But I think you're right, Travis. It kind of lets me in on when we have someone on the show who has no idea how to read a comic book. Like, this must be what it feels like. This yeah. must be what it feels like. Yeah. We, we, and, and part of the reason, like, I, like I picked this is because I wanted us to do something that would be new and out of the ordinary for mm-hmm. us because it's not something we would normally read. And then I figured Roscoe was a good sport, so he would, he would sit through it with us. And it's, got, it's about a dude with a gun, but he never uses his gun. Oh, Chekhov's gun. <laughs> and he, he breaks just, the rule in this. <laughs> and just some FYI, this is a really atypical zombie killing gun, and this is what we like for trap shooting. It's skeet shooting gun is specifically yeah. that kind of firearm for shooting yeah. skeet. Now, and, well, that's this, like, it, Roscoe, would funny. this be the same kind of gun? It's great for zombies. What do you think makes it great for zombies? Is it the bolt action, like you can quickly just reload it? No, this is, a, this is a gun that you have to break down in the middle and manually insert two shotgun shells in, click it back oh, together, and you get whoa. two shots, and then you got to do it all over again. So, so what makes that great for zombie zombies? Apocalypse. Nothing. <laughs> so no, I think he said it's is, not great for zombies. Oh, I'd rather have a fire axe. I'd okay. rather have a fire axe. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's this weird sort of thing. So let's get into the story. The story is about uh, before we we talked a little format. Did anybody else have anything on the format? Would you guys Would you guys think of anything else that kind of stuck out to you as you went it, through it, it that way? It slowed down my reading, um, at, especially at the beginning. Um, I but by halfway through, I was I was. I was jogging through it as far as the panel layouts were concerned. Uh, but it also made me, I had fun doing that, but I'm like, get me back to American style. You know, it's just, yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, this is just so backwards. It's like you drive on the opposite side of the road. I get that. I'll put up with that. I'll probably get in an accident when I come back to the States this summer because of it. But like the backwards reading, it's like, you're just trying to be different at this point. You're like, you're like, Oh, we, you know, we will not be Americanized. We read backwards. I feel like they were reading right to left. Before Americans showed up, and then Americans showed up, and like, fuck you, we're reading backwards now, just right, to be different. Right. <laughs> All right, so let, let's talk the story. The story is about uh, our, our hero, Hideo is our hero, which I guess is uh, the same character as Hero. So he essentially... He's hero in um, uh, Japanese. Yeah, so Hideo is our main character. He is a failed manga artist himself, so I kind of thought it was kind of meta to have a story about a manga artist mm-hmm. or a comic book artist be the hero of the comic book. Right. And so uh, he is – he's in this – he is a very um, weird guy, right? Mm-hmm. He's got some issues. He hallucinates a little bit. He's about he talks 35 to years old, mid-30s, they say. Yeah, like he, up, yeah. he – yeah, he talks to himself, he sees some stuff, he's a little socially inept, right? Yeah. And then uh, he used to be a man, well, he was a manga artist, his series failed out, and so now he's an assistant. So he, like, does all the inks and stuff for somebody, or, or yeah. whatever it is. Uh, and then he's, like, the one of a very few people in Japan who has a firearm, mm-hmm. because the laws are so stringent yeah. there. And so he has his just for sports shooting. And uh, the zombie apocalypse breaks out in the middle of the book. And it really is. It does take a while to get to it uh, in the middle of the book. And then uh, you kind of see him try to escape the zombies um, as as kind of Japan falls down around him. And we that's the end of this volume is like the shit hits the fan right towards probably what the back third of the book maybe the back quarter Mm -hmm. the back quarter of the book uh and so really it's a lot about him this first it's a real slow boil 
Uh, but then you get to see Hideo kind of try to get the hell out of zombie apocalypse. And it it looks to be kind of a, a, uh, a, a you know, a, a, a look, a cultural look at itself, like a Japanese look at itself. Like, how would Japan handle something like this? Uh, and I think that comes up a couple different times. Like, uh, we'll, we'll get into that. But that's the gist of it. This This follows Hideo, our kind of background character who's the foreground character in this right he gets thrust into the action uh to kind of run away from the zombie apocalypse in japan yeah anything you guys want to add yeah i think that was a great summary of it so i want to go to roscoe and ask um you know the first one third of this book is basically uh um a look at how manga is created and the system that's set up with it to you know create these so-called masters or senseis in it what were what were some of the things that were revealing about the process of making manga that that maybe you weren't aware of in the the first one third of the book uh i thought it was interesting that i never considered i never considered you know animation or comic book writing to to be more like a manufacturing process mm. and so they kind of pointed that out where you've got maybe a person who claims all the ownership of said magazine, but you really would have an army of people working on that because I've read comic books and there's one author. It tells you, you know, on the inside jacket, who's, who's doing the color, who's doing the inking, who's doing the penciling. But, uh, it, it made it seem like it was kind of like a sweatshop where these people right. had to work yeah. for low wages and they, they had to carry out other people's visions while they sit around cynical and bitter about their own lot in life <laughs> being just some yeah. kind of, you know, just kind of like basically um, hired help the, for it, right? The minimum wage equivalent of of uh, of an artist, more more or less. Right. And 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 to piggyback on that, Josh, one of the things that I was interested in, in uh, talking to you about, and one of the themes that I really liked was, um, I, I felt like a lot of the manga manufacturing, as Roscoe was saying, reminded me of punk rock and divisions between punk rock as far as what Hideo was talking about with certain types of manga and like old manga versus new manga. Uh, what are your thoughts on, yeah. on, on how they talked about like the classifications of manga and, and how there was a bitterness about the old generation, the new generation. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting to see like uh, kind of the talk about how, you know, Hideo kind of talks about how, you know, manga's changed and no one understands and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like how they do it differently. I thought the one thing that I thought was really interesting is because I don't, you know, I don't live in Japan, Travis, you live in Japan, is how apparently gigantic an industry this must be, right? Like, these guys are cranking out books like that, right? What What's a monthly magazine? Like, it takes a month for us to get 22 pages of, like you know, a Batman book, it seems like they're cranking out these magazines almost weekly. It felt like the, the pace that they were looking at. And, and now being in Japan, do you see it everywhere? Or are you just on base? So you don't see it very much. Oh, I'm not, I live off base. Um, okay. so I, it's, it's everywhere. Uh, it was when I was a kid in the nineties growing up here. Uh, it is now, uh, it's a little bit less visual cause I think a lot of it is gone digital too. Uh, so it used to be in the nineties. Everyone on the train had manga. 
adults too. I'm not talking about like teenagers and kids. I'm talking about men in their 40s, women in their 40s. They'd have manga out and you just read it. You walk on, it's quiet. Everyone's got a manga out and they're just burying their books. They're waiting for the train on the tracks. They're everywhere you see it's manga. Uh, instead of blockbusters out here, I live right next to a comic rental place. It's this giant what? warehouse where you go in and you just rent manga. Um, and everyone, if you go into any Japanese home, uh, pretty much, you know how they had those shelves of manga? Like they would shelve their manga series uh, yeah. in the in this book, in I Am yeah. Hero? That's a big thing, is how you shelve your manga and like the order you put them in. You put your best manga out there. It needs to be in the correct order. You don't want to like put. It's like almost like organizing vinyl records, you know. I was gonna say like, oh, what's what's that movie with uh, high fidelity? Oh, high fidelity, yeah. Where he's like, yeah. like he goes, I don't have them. I have them. I don't have them listed alphabetically. They're like listed by like historic biographically. Yeah, if I want Deep Purple, I have to remember that I bought it for someone in the eighth grade, but didn't give it to them for personal reasons. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like I, I that. That's funny. That's funny. Cause I, that was one of my biggest questions is like, you know, having, it's weird because in the United States, not that like, I don't ever see people reading comic books anywhere, No, but, uh, but on in like a comic book shop, right? Like I just flew to Orlando two weeks ago. I read it on, you know, I read it on the plane. I, I read in the, you know, cause that's kind of what my spare reading is. You know, I either read like economic books or I know where you can write it in. You got to get it I in comic books, you know? So it was weird. Cause you don't see anybody else doing that. Uh, and so it's just weird to me how this really speaks up, how gigantic that, that system is, right? Like how big it's in, like, it's just like, you don't buy like a magazine like ESPN or, you know, like Sports Illustrated, you just buy a manga every week. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Which seems crazy to, which seems crazy to and me. And they talk about so, it how, you know, if you miss a week, like he's behind on his manga. Like he's, yeah. he was behind. You can't, it's almost like Netflix ep- episodes in the States. It's, if you want to stay with the current conversation, the water cooler talk, you need to be reading all your manga trades that week, all your, ma- your manga volumes. Um, and he, he, is actually, and we can talk about this to get into the next point of it, you know, the weirdness about him. He hallucinates this little guy, right? Like he's yeah. pissing on him all the time. Well, that it's, was it's weird. Hideo, that was weird. Hideo's series, which is something about like penises or like the uncircumcised. Un- uncut, yeah, uncut yeah. penises. It's actually, uh, <laughs> it's actually a type of manga called Moe, 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 which is like manga where all the characters are like cutesy. Moe means like seedling or like growing kind of, and it's a type of manga that where all the characters are cutesy, and the readers is a big thing in Japan, where you see a lot of like um, cute stuffed animals or cutesy drawings. It's because there's this real tendency for people to want to nurture and to want to like big brother, big sister things. That's why you have a lot of like Hello Kitty type stuff. A lot of these like oh rosy cheek characters. Because there's something in the culture where they want to take something that seems innocent and defenseless and protect it. Um, and so there's a whole line. And it's called uncut penises? I don't understand how that jives. <laughs> well, it's the style, like how they, like, it's like a maybe like a penis with big, cute eyeballs. You're like, oh, I just want to, like, tuck it in I just my, wanna, my cheek. I, I just want to nurture that penis. <laughs> so, I so let's let's get to it. Like, let's talk since we're kind of in the cultural thing. Roscoe, did you have any like cultural questions as you were reading this? We've got we're lucky enough to have Travis living in Japan who's I, lived there as a kid. 
So maybe you can help us out. Did you have anything as you read this that you were like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> there's a couple yeah. times where oh, I had yeah. that. So I want I want to get yeah. your I want to get your what the fuck moments. <laughs> okay, I don't even know where to begin because I, I know we're not supposed <laughs> to talk about the comic before we uh, have this podcast. I was like sending Josh like subtle texts. I'm like, because <laughs> I'd never read a manga. The first thing I after I finished, I'm like, is this normal? Is this normal? I thought the character interaction mostly between males and females was really unusual. Like for example. I, there's there's normal ways that men and women interact with each other, right? <laughs> Especially if they're dating or been dating, yeah. or even if yeah. they're like, even if they're just kind of like hooking up once Flirting, in a right? while, yeah, right? Yeah. But but then there's the way that uh, the main character and his girlfriend there, Teco, interact with each other. I was wondering, is how do I want to phrase that? Is that an underlying theme in, in Japanese culture that deeply misogynistic, deeply misogynistic, where, where um, the women are highly subservient? And uh, I guess basically when you come home from work, the first thing on that gal's mind, she wants to fillet the man. That's the first thing she wants to do. Is this like a normal male-female interaction in manga series or... Or just how Japanese men view females in particular. I, yeah. I'm not going to get offended by no. stuff. No. Uh, be, but I thought this uh, a lot of the interaction between the, the male and the female characters or how they view the females even on television and comic is just offensive, unrealistic. Mm. It reminded me of uh, some teenage boy's fantasy down in his ma's basement. You know, yeah. He lives in this complete <laughs> fantasy world where the girls do whatever you want them to do and they're completely subservient. And I thought it was ridiculous. And then I want to know, then I, to piggyback on that, uh, answer that question, Travis. And then, are there are there news reports where the chicks just have giant cleavage hanging out? Is that a normal thing? Is there boob news? All right, so boob news. Uh, <laughs> I've been using this. So, uh, tits, boobs is, in Japanese is opai, right? Um, like opai ipai, get big tits. Uh, and um, good morning is ohio gozaimasu. So I love the pun in there. I've been using it around here. When they go up and then she says, Opayo gozaimasu, it's like boob morning to you. You know, like, and she's got these big. So, uh, first of all, yes, like all newscast, it's like Mexico, you know, like all the newscasters are like really like buxomy, very pretty women, you know, how they have in like Central yeah. America. But to go to the Roscoe's question, you know, it is one of the things that is very disturbing about Japan is, is the misogyny. Um, the older generation, like my parents' generation, Women have to walk behind the males. You'll see it all the time. Walking down the street, they don't walk side by side. The, the old ladies walk about in – you're not supposed to walk in their shadow, uh, the, your man's shadow. So you have to walk far enough away that you're not in their shadow, but you are to be behind them. And you'll still see that with a lot of traditional older couples. You'll see the old lady kind of shuffling behind the, the man out of his shadow. Uh, and that permeates into other parts of the culture. Uh, one of the things that Japanese women really like is they like men from other cultures, Western cultures, because mm, Japanese males... They don't get treated like shit. Yeah, it is. It is. And one of the things I, I thought was interesting about... Yeah, one of the things I thought was interesting about this book is that Hideo's girlfriend goes off on him that night. Like, she, it, she flips the tables. Um, yeah. And, like, is, like, abusive verbally and physically abusive to him. Uh, and so I think that's probably why this is uh, a more of like a, um, a cornerstone manga here that's so popular that they translate it into, uh, you know, English. And they've also made a movie of this or a TV show of this here. Um, 
And yeah, it is it is very much one of the things that is not great about this culture is the way the men and women's relationships are. There's a lot of domestic abuse. There's a lot of Japanese women who suffer abuse on a daily basis, but it's not like the American culture where it's like, if you're being abused, let someone know. It's like, if you're being abused, welcome to marriage, you know? Um, So yeah, it's take a bummer on a podcast, but um, (laughs) seriously. Yeah. So um, can, can we talk about the fact here? So here's, here's the thing in this book. I liked it for its themes, and it made me think deeply, and I liked the format of reading. There are no likable characters in this book for me. I hate every no. person yes. in this damn book. <laughs> the weirdest thing, to, to, if we can, like, I want to jump back to that. You're right. And, and one of the other things that was weird, Roscoe, you're talking about the interaction between them. And then there was just weird things like, and I don't know if it's translation-wise that it right. just gets weird because to translate it from Japanese to English, the way colloquialisms are and stuff like yeah. that, there's like... Were they they're really awkward with one another? Like where yeah. Hideo and Teko are really awkward with one yeah, another? Is that a, is is that normal? Because he's like, oh, weird. Like they kiss yeah. each other, but he says something about it being like a like the kiss was wrong. Like it was an awkward kiss, but he doesn't say awkward kiss. It's like really weird phrasing for it. I don't I don't remember what it is, but it's I'm trying to find it now. But it's just bizarre. Like the interaction between them, I. It's weird. He's like he goes. The first thing he does is like, "Ooh, boobies," and it's just it's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It, it, it's it's hyperbolized a little bit, but it's not far off. Like for example, you don't go out on a date with a girl. Uh, what they do is they have like date parties where like a couple will organize an event and they'll bring all their single females and their single males and they'll go out to an event and you're supposed to talk to everyone of the opposite sex. And if you like hit it off with someone. You're not supposed to talk with them all night. That's rude. Even if you you've found someone like, oh, this person I really like, you have to go around and talk to everyone. Uh, there are so many social rules and norms in Japan that even I'm not aware of. They're so subtle that I think that even Japanese are a little bit embarrassed to talk about with foreigners that um, it makes for these really kind of awkward, stiff juvenile interactions between men and that's women. That's what it, that it seemed that's what, like a lot of that read like that to me. Like real like 12-year-olds talking to each other, yeah. but then exactly. Mm-hmm. You said booby. But, but then, then sometimes it'll get really really like really graphic. graphic. Yeah. <laughs> like I want to I want to put your balls in my mouth and you're like, "What? It's you were just talking about little, an awkward yeah. kiss 2 minutes ago." Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was strange. Oh, so that I, I that got weird for me. That was weird for me. It was how awkward it was. Yeah. The same in the same theme though, the, all the uh, onomatopoeia is that the correct term is all very unusual too. The sound effects that they use in instead of bow, you know, bam, kapow, chuffed, <laughs> they have these weird chuffed. choices of words that they use for that. Oh, I know, and I don't know like, if I wonder... translated like that. I like how they keep uh, the sounds are actually in hiragana, so you can sound them out. So when you see like clench it's actually gench gench like uh it sounded out in the in there so i liked how they kept the hiragana uh the japanese lettering for a lot of the uh um sound effects and things like that i thought that was kind of a, a cool little touch like here we have um jolt uh on this page and it changes to bokut 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 Jolt, bokut. 
<laughs> so it's, it's I thought that was interesting. Yeah, That's why it slowed me get... down too, because I'm like using my shitty Japanese, like bull, 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 And and that that was my that was another thing I, I was wondering. And you, you, Travis, you hit on this. Like, no one in this book is likable. No, no. But I still like I still found myself like kind of liking like as soon as we get, and I'm going to tell you the truth. As soon as his girlfriend turns into a zombie i was like yes like it was it was creepy it was weird it was unlike other zombie stuff that i've seen in america right Mm, like the movement was weird it was kind of like the girls on the ring Mm. except like except it was a zombie and so that was cool and once it hit that i like it got to the end and i was like okay all right stuff is happening stuff is happening stuff is oh the book is done yeah right like it felt it was moving really fast at the end, and I was like, "All right, things are happening. It's getting interesting. Like he's running away. It started getting into like social commentary. I found that stuff kind of interesting. So let me ask you, Roscoe, uh, when when did the book finally click for you that you kind of like? Or I guess like, did you enjoy? Let me just ask you this: Did you enjoy it? And at what point, if so, did that start for you? If I had to, if I had to say whether or not I enjoyed it in its entirety, I would say no, I did not. But Towards the final third of the book, I I was compelled to read it because I had not read anything like this in terms of a zombie book. The the way that they portray the zombies, and I felt like the art started getting a lot better with the zombie uh, introduction. And like you said, when his girl turns into a zombie, um, it got real gory, and yeah. the bodies were all contorted, and it was just it was compelling to read i thought it was a real so i i did start to enjoy it towards the end um and even his hallucinations were where before you were commenting how cutesy rosy cheek stuff the hallucination of the young boy wasn't like that anymore it was like this blurry distorted image it was unusual yeah and i i did creeped out i started getting a little bit more creeped out uh because the zombies were unlike any kind of zombie i'd ever seen and Travis, same for you. Like, did you did you enjoy it? If so, when did 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 you finally go like okay? Because I know you read it differently yeah. because you have like sort of the cultural sort of a lens to look at it through yeah. that I don't have and, and Roscoe doesn't have. What was it for yeah. you? Yeah, I, I I actually I enjoyed it. I think it was an important book for me to read. But it's just like when you said manga and it's taking place. I'm like, dude, like I live here. I don't. Like, can I get a break from this? Uh, and then I was going through it, and I, and I, I found some things where I'm like, oh, I didn't know this. Or like, oh, you're – it really kind of helped put a lens on, like, how Japanese view themselves. And, and it, it clicked with how I view a lot of the culture. But, you know, to that to the question of did I enjoy it, I thought it was kind of a slog for me. Um, it, it was it, – normally when we get a trade, I do it in, like, two readings. Uh, but this yeah. this one – it took me like two weeks of nighttime reading and like some nights I'm like, I should get back to that. Um, but I will say I liked parts of it. I really liked the, the theme of being a, um, a secondary character in your own story. Right. The, yeah. The, the, the bit part player as he talks about, but as far as your question about the zombies, I thought that it was a different way than I've seen zombie attacks. That whole door scene where he's like, yeah, yeah the door, that was awesome. that's like 25 pages to slow yes. that down to that, like to spend that much time. Normally it's like, 
it's so speedy zombie it's like one panel it's like a, a zombie's getting his head cut off here and then another one is this but one of the things that he does in all the zombie attacks and throughout the book is everything's in close-ups so it got really hard to kind of sometimes figure out what you were looking at yeah yeah others is like oh that's teeth oh that's teeth in wood Oh, and that's a that's a no. That's not a fingernail. It's a toenail, and the toenail's in his cheek. And they would slow the whole attack down and build that suspense that I think a lot of zombie books and TV shows right now can learn from. You don't need to have a hundred zombies in thirty minutes of television. You could have like a twenty-minute scene where a guy's holding this door. Just because we always think about that, like, what are you going to do when you have to hold this door and there's a hand reaching you, you know? And you have to and, like, hold that for him, a, I can, it's it, like it holding it for half an hour. It pulls through the mail slot. Yeah. It pulls yeah. him through the mail slot. And you're, you're right, Travis. It spends so much time on that. And that reminded me, it was a very Dragon Ball Z sort of thing, right? Yeah. Like, you spend an entire episode on one thing. And it seems like they spent an entire he spent essentially what was an entire issue on it right because when you break it down to whatever this looks like you know it's chapter whatever in the book um i just thought wow that's that's pretty that's pretty intense like it it ends in one book or whatever it is and then it picks up like it ends in chapter 11 and picks up in chapter 12 right and it picks up in color for a couple pages I really think like man if this book were in if this book were in color the entire time it would be it would have been I think it would have been better. So so Roscoe let me let me ask you like the zombies were weird um and you said it kind of it kind of picked up for you at the very end. Um, yeah, I I really was intrigued by the zombies themselves because you know uh take um Kirkman's zombies they're just yeah. mindless herd type animals. Yeah, and in this one, there they allude that there's some kind of um, semblance of their former self, even though yeah, it's yeah. not. You know, and I thought that was an interesting dynamic there. So you have these zombies, like was the one guy was asking for rent, the one zombie yeah. asking for rent money. Yeah, and I thought I wanted to know more about that, and then the comic it ends. You know, so I didn't get to find out anymore. <laughs> so if for, for any other reason, I want to read more just to find out more about these zombies because. You've got uh, the one – I can't remember what the other one was saying. The one wanted rent money. The other one was for beer vouchers. Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, like he got out of the bar or something like that and he wanted his beer yeah. vouchers. There was just some stuff. Like it takes a while, like literally – and I think – I don't know if this is, is, is stereotypical of manga or not. But I'm going to tell you, had I ever – if this were an American comic book that came out monthly – I would have dropped it after two issues, probably yeah. maybe even one, because I was like, when am I going to see some stinking zombies, zombies man? It's taken for, right. Yeah. It's taken forever. But then at the, the very end, when an airplane is crashing, it takes out two people on a bridge. Yeah. Like when the when That's the landing awesome. gear takes out two people on the bridge, I was like, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, that was so that uh, was like I was like. That is rad. You know what you I thought the most it? disturbing was that was what you're pointing yes. out right now. The most disturbing <laughs> scene. I couldn't tell if that was her loaded tongue or like a ball sack from the dick. It's she a just ball ate. sack. It's a ball sack. It is, is, is not. Is is it? comes, yeah, it's. I it thought it was a ball, ball sack. And she keeps trying to fillet everything they put to attack her. Like the baseball bat, she keeps trying to fillet it. She she like she tries to shove like everything phallic can. in her mouth. It's hilarious. 
that that <laughs> makes that scene if you can get to that scene it makes almost everything else the slog of getting through the first part about manga makes it worth it to see this zombie just try to flate everything in that damn <laughs> office it is it That's... was just bizarre i think it's her tongue because later on it's no her way. tongue <laughs> Yeah, because it doesn't come out of her mouth and it's still there. I thought I don't, it was ball sack I'll, at first, and then I thought it could be a tongue later on. I'm going to go with ball sack because it makes me laugh. <laughs> All I know is it is there is some stuff in here where, you know, he does a really good job of slowing it down. Like the scene with the airplane where, like, he's like, oh, Mr. Martin. And, like, then you see it hit. Like, it mouths down one person. And then on the next scene, the next set of wheels comes by and the dude's head is gone. <laughs> like, that and dude that, is the best, like, by the way. That dude is the best. Like, <laughs> he doesn't give a shit about anything except no. for well-stacked news reporters. That's all he yep. cares about. Yeah, And he's so bitter that no um, one wants to sleep with him. Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought it is, it is such a weird – it was such a – it gets really good at the very end. And I thought one thing that was super creepy is how, like, he gets bit, but he doesn't turn – because the wood door is where his girlfriend lost all of her teeth and so when he bite when she bites him he she doesn't break skin because she lost all her teeth on the door and so he's looking at it later and he's got the mark but it didn't break skin so he doesn't get turned and i was like well that's that's good writing like there, there's something you know that was kind of an yeah. interesting look at it you know that also made me the only time i liked the only thing that was redeemable about any of the characters is he Hideo hypothesizes that maybe this girlfriend who he he kind of felt like was falling out of love with him and there was this did it sense, on purpose did it on purpose and then he when he's getting attacked the door he looks over at the her stack of manga and he sees that she's thrown out all the other guy yeah. that she was raving about yeah. and like mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of heartbreaking like they're stuck in that that mode that a lot of people are if they're dating in their 20s or 30s of like is this gonna go anywhere do we even really like each other is this just kind of like a booty call thing or is there something there and the moment he realizes you know what i do love this girl and and i think she loves me he's about he's he's got a smash yeah, her head yeah <laughs> right and that was that was real kind of like oh like oh this book has some heart um but i still hate all of you yeah um and again, you guys are right. That is ball sack. It <laughs> because, is ball sack. Because two pages earlier, they kill the dude, the he other dude that she was off. sleeping with, and his, yeah, his stuff is bitten off. Right. <laughs> you would think, though, I don't think a ball sack would carterize like that. I don't think it has, it goes up. I think you'd have a, like a, just like a shriveled sack where all your, your, your dick parts had come off of. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. They're just All trying I to know. let you know that is the ball, ball sack. sack. They, and she keeps trying to that. shove things in yeah. over it. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. So let me let me ask you guys. I don't think let me ask you guys this: ball sacks are that big, guys. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> 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 right, let me ask you guys this: as we're 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 kind of like winding, we're kind of winding the story down on a bit. Uh, I don't know that any of us loved it. I think there was good stuff, redeemable stuff about it as the story goes, right? I think there was some interesting stuff. For me, the cultural point where, like, one of the things that I thought, let's do, like, something we found interesting, right? Like, a takeaway from it that we kind of found interesting before we jump into a quick art talk, and, and then we'll we'll kind of wind our way out of it. Something I thought that was interesting was the idea that, like, no one knows how to handle this zombie apocalypse, Right. 
like the t- the the um everybody's very nonchalant about it. They don't want to like kill anybody. They're like, "Oh, what's going on over there? It looks like someone's eating somebody. I'm just going to uh not do anything about it, right?" Everybody seemed very sort of until he meets the dude like it seems like his friend in the um in the in the uh the comic book guy, the other manga guy, is the only one who's like, let's bust everybody's head off. Everybody else seems very sort of like, what do I do about this? This seems strange, right? Like, they don't know culturally, like, what's the response to this? That's, uh, that seemed like the a weird sort of takeaway from me. And, and so I had watched, I had recently seen the new Godzilla movie, the Japanese one, yeah. Shin Godzilla. Uh, and it is very much a lot of that. Like, the sort of bureaucracy around, like, what do we do? Godzilla just attacked our city. Like, we can't really attack that. Like, it, this sort of, like, how do you, how do the Japanese actually react to a situation like this? Uh, and I, I'm going to tell you guys, I, I bought Omnibus 2. Like, I, the zombies hit at the end, and I'm like, I want to know what, what the zombies, I want to see more of that. Ooh. And so I bought, I bought the second one. Because I wanted to see what the zombies were, okay. and it's it gets it gets better. It, you want to see I, the continuing adventures of Booger, Booger Apple Sensei, yes, as his manga <laughs> title is called. Yes. So, are there any takeaways from you guys as you read this? Did you find anything like sort of interesting culturally or anything, Roscoe? What do you think? I spoke my piece on the cultural component. I I think <laughs> this solidified my. Um, I don't think I'll probably ever read another manga unless you actually highly recommend one to me. <laughs> I, you know, and I'm not one to be off put by, you know, I like dark and I like violent and I like, uh, I'm not a big fan of misogyny. So that, that kind of ruined the, the whole book for me. I thought it was perverted, uh, the, just the interaction. And so if the whole book had been the last third, I would really like it. And I, I, I agree with you when you said <clears throat> uh, about the, nobody's prepared for the, yeah, yeah, and everyone was very nonchalant about it. They were so completely not expecting anything like that that it wasn't even really registering to them as a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, um, yeah, it was just like people are just acting strange. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and they and they they handled it uh, towards the end though. There were some truly truly creepy scenes. So I mean, it does it does kind of prod me along to read again to read more, but. No, I'm not going to probably read any other manga ever again. <laughs> nope, and you <laughs> like... the whole genre of literature for me. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't get into it. I um right, uh, so... to answer your question, Josh. Um, yeah, I um I you know I I enjoyed the process of reading this. I'm glad we picked this book. Uh, but um, I think that for me, what was interesting was the system of how they set up the manga. Like we mm-hmm. as American comic fans, like American comic artists and writers they're like nobodies they get you know like it's like what do you do write comics get a real job or whatever it is yeah and then it's so revered in japan that you actually like it's just there's a sensei an apprenticeship there is this whole like hierarchy of of are you um, a like are you a do you have a serial manga like how's your series doing Yeah, yeah 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 and i thought that was a fascinating look um seeing uh, a medium that we like, sequential art storytelling, be so revered in a culture and how that comes about, um, as opposed to like, who's Hickman? 
you know, like, uh, <laughs> like, you know. so I thought that was who's interesting. It? Like, oh, The Walking Dead is a comic book. Yeah. And <laughs> to agree with Roscoe, I thought I thought that there were moments where the the writer here really showed that he was a mas- master of suspense or doing suspense in a way that we use suspense very li- generously when we describe stories and incorrectly, I think, a lot of the times, uh, you know, with, like, jump scares. Ooh, maybe that's not suspense. I thought he did a really good job of of going back to what true suspense is, building something up, um, letting those moments hang, showing you through the lens of, like, this is a close-up of this because look at these teeth. And then I'm going to show you, like, this doorknob from the neighbor's house two doors down. And then I'm going to show you the, the cracks of the floor. And then we're going to get back and show you brains, you know. I thought that was yeah. a really good job. <clears throat> so and and so honestly, I it, so I started reading the second one, but I didn't want to get too far into it because I didn't want to confuse them. The second one is just a continuation of All Out Zombie Attack, right? Mm. And so there's a scene in the second one that if there's if I just gave you like this one scene to read, I would give it to you because he's in the back of a cab with two people who've been bit as they're turning. Ooh. And the cab driver, the cab driver won't open up the doors and he's just being he just thinks that they're acting weird back there. He doesn't want to be rude. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because you you don't want to be rude to your passengers in the car. Yeah, but yeah. they're like starting to eat each other. And the cab driver's like, oh, I'm sorry that you're upset, but won't do anything <laughs> about it. And so it that's that's kind of a, a it starts off just like that. He gets on a train. And so, like, there's the zombie apocalypse on the train. And so that war, you know, they're on a a train as he's leaving the city. That was cool. That Like, yeah. it continues the kind of high-paced stuff. Um, and that's why I got the second one. I was like, man, it got really good at the end. Mm-hmm. If you could take out the first half of the book and just start me when his girlfriend turns. But it's supposed to be it, 22 volumes. I won't read that many. I, like I don't know how many. I don't know how many omnibuses it is. But I'm like, oh, I'll grab the second one. I just want to see how it goes. But I don't like the main character. Uh, I just wanted to see. Like I didn't get enough zombies, and so I'm like, well, I want to see more of this dude's weird zombies. All fast, <laughs> veined out zombies. These are terrifying yeah. zombies. Yeah, yeah. Really um, so are. let me ask. Let me let me ask you. We kind of talked about the zombie trope. We got to wrap it up for the show. Um, so, Travis, do you want to do favorite panels? Do you want to do a favorite panel? Oh, we normally shit. do it, but. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Yeah. Did you pick uh, one or no? Go, I'm gonna go for just um, off the top of my head. I'm gonna go uh, ball sack and mouth. Ball sack and mouth. <laughs> favorite panel. Just uh, that whole Ro- scene. Ro- Roscoe, did you have a favorite panel as you went through it? Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Um, it's where the the zombies are. They're, st- they're first starting to reveal the zombies to us, and one gets hit by a car, and there's this gal walking around with her neck at like a ninety oh, degree yeah, back. Yeah, yeah exactly what you're talking about. That was really pretty creepy, and, and, and that also was early the, on too, like in the yeah, zombie attacks. And the, and the teeth snapping off on the door was a real wince worthy moment, so I have to go with that. Uh, but definitely the ne- neck at the ninety degree. I thought the art got a lot better even towards the end of the book as well, yeah. where I was. It was very graphic. I mean, when you see a gum mouth with no teeth where the teeth used to be, that's just gross. The color panels were really cool, too, how they threw in a couple of color Mm -hmm. panels in there. The coloring on that was actually really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think if I had to do favorite panel, um, there was this – there's a scene where he's getting his head pulled through the door, through the mail slot. And I think that's kind of a – 
Like her hands are pulling his head through. Her teeth are biting on the door. Her legs are bent like backwards behind her. It's like a full. It's like a full page and then a half of the other page. It's not a full two page mm-hmm. splash. Uh, it's it's like almost dead center in the book, a little off dead center. Yeah, that's it right there. Uh, and so I thought that was kind of a a pretty rad one. Like just that's where I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I wanted. That's how I wanted this book to be because. When I looked it up online, guys, that's what I saw. And I'm yeah. like, well, that's rad. That no, looks cool. I, yeah. and, I, I think and you I picked just, a good book. I think you picked a good book. I think this is I, – I don't know if I'd recommend it to someone, to most people, uh, unless they just they just like experiencing new stuff in the art form of comics. It would be tough to give to anyone who, to expose them to comics, Josh. I, I, I think I, if I, I, think I know if really cool. someone who read it yeah. – I think if someone who read manga – and I was like, "Oh, you should you should check this out, right?" Because yeah. I don't know if I'd give it to anybody who didn't already read that. Um, I'm not a fan of I, this, but I've been thinking about it for the last week. Like, I can't. It keeps <laughs> popping in my head, uh, which you know is it. Sometimes you don't like things, but you you you. It's like glad you got through it. Like uh, Dickens, <laughs> like Charles, like basically any Charles Dickens book, or or the Scarlet Letter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there we go. Uh, I am a hero. Uh, the Scarlet Letter of the manga world. <laughs> All right, so gentlemen, uh, any any last words before we get out of here? Roscoe, you're never going to read manga again. I've ruined it. That's for correct. You. Yep. But I would tell you. That. I would tell you. I don't know that you're. I don't know that you're missing anything really. Like yeah. I, I think like it's a it's an art form for a different culture. Yep. Right. And uh, I think we've got plenty of funny books in the United States, but I thought, you know what, let's try something different. Yeah. And I figured if it was weird, we could ask Travis questions about why it might be weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what you we spent the first half an hour doing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so ladies and gentlemen, this is Comic Exposure Podcast. We read I Am a Hero out on Dark Horse Comics. If you are at all interested, go find it. It is bizarre. It's weird. It'll be a trip to take you on. Uh, there's hallucinations. The zombies are fantastic when you finally get them. Uh, you know what? Just pick up volume two. Just just buy volume one. Read it halfway through. Don't read the first half of it. And then, then go that way. That That's my suggestion for you. When you see Roscoe, your first for... dick in the mouth, that's when you want to start reading. It's <laughs> Roscoe, my dick thanks... in the mouth. It's my dick in Roscoe, the mouth. Roscoe, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate yeah, thank it. Thanks for having me. It's always fun. Thanks, thanks for reading a weird book uh, with us. Oh, and yeah. I, I will. I promise to choose better the next time you're on. I promise. No, to this was time. good. I'm glad Roscoe was on this one. <laughs> it, it answered the question I wanted. I've never read manga. I've always wanted to, but uh, uh, it and now you know you question. don't have to anymore. That's correct. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we're the Comic Exposure Podcast. You can find all of our old episodes, uh, including this one, on our website www.comicexposure.com. You can search for us on your favorite podcast app. Uh, if you are a iTunes uh, listener, go ahead and you know rate us on there. Give us some stars. Give us a little review. That really helps. It lets people find the show. You can follow us on Twitter, at Comic Exposure, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Comic Exposure, and we're also on the Instagrams, uh, at Comic Exposure as well. So you can find us on all those places. Check us out. Uh, we are... Uh, Travis and I got to figure out where we're going to... We've got one more book coming up. We're doing The Goddamned is the next book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a sort of post up like a uh a look at a brutal retelling of the biblical story so a brutal retelling of bible stories so it should be interesting uh roscoe again thanks for coming on ladies and gentlemen thanks for tuning in and we will see y'all 
next trade. Sayonara. Uh